Good morning, SCC. Good morning. Hi, Rhonda. So good to see everybody on a Sunday morning. Beautiful day. Come on in and feel free to make your way to this side too, Jennings. Jennings, find your spot. <laughs> Chris has landed. Well, let's stand as we as we worship together. So glad you guys are here with us.
beautiful, glorious, blue sky day. Just thank you for your presence. The minute we open our eyes, the minute our minds engage with the present, Lord, you are with us. You've been with us through the night, just working on our behalf, singing over us, Lord. You love us so much. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us always through troubles and trials and ups and downs and victories and joys. You're right beside us, Lord, walking with us. I just pray this morning we can focus our eyes and our mind and our heart on you and not waste this time but take these couple songs and um, just glorify you with with our minds glorify you with our with our lives thank you lord that you're pleased with our worship nothing else we can give you but we can give you our worship thank you lord in jesus name
Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in our life. And your goodness that never leaves us. You chase after us with your goodness, Lord. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that, but we believe it. And we know it's true. It's in your word, and we know it's truth. So we trust that. We cling to that, Lord. Love you. Thank you for all you're doing in our lives and in our country. We trust that you're in control with all the things, Lord, that are on our minds. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. As Lynn said, what a beautiful day. Uh, today we, we celebrate in the church worldwide the baptism of our Savior. Uh, I, I heard recently this beautiful image. Um, you know, Jesus didn't need to be baptized for the same reasons that you and I need to be baptized. Uh, baptism for us is a washing away of sin. Christ had no sin. Uh, we are baptized to get rid of our sin. Christ was baptized to take on our sin. And as he entered those baptismal waters, he came up covered with our unrighteousness. Um, of course, that does not make him blame, give him any blame. He's still blameless, but he bore our sin upon him. He took our sin and blame and the blame of the whole world upon himself in his baptismal waters. Uh, those same sins he took to the cross where they were nailed. He took those to the grave where they perished and they stayed in the grave, but who did not stay in the grave? Our Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our friend. Amen? So today we celebrate our baptism, but also his. And his was for us and on our behalf. So I um, want to pray for a few of our, our dear friends. This is Hot Mike. Uh, I'm taken back to a Saturday Night Live commercial or Saturday Night Live Hot Mike. Isn't that from Saturday Night Live? But it, this mic's hot. Um, there we go. Woo! Yikes! Um, we want to pray for some of our dear friends and uh, on behalf of the nation as well. Um, so please bow with me, if you will. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we lift up our brothers and sisters to you, uh, Pastor Kevin and Dudley, uh, the Davenport family, uh, many who, uh, others who are struggling with COVID. We ask for a complete healing. Lord, on that same line, we ask for a healing and a release of this pandemic all across the world. Uh, God, this is, this is something that is ravaging in, in a terrifying way. Many people all around the world, uh, we here who have wonderful hospitals and, and state-of-the-art medicine and so forth, uh, perhaps live in less fear than, than our brothers and sisters in Christ and others all around the world, in villages, uh, in the far reaches of Africa and Asia, uh, down into Southeast Asia and the jungles where, where this COVID seems to run with more freedom, sadly, than even here. God, we, we ask for a lifting of fear. And instead, a falling of your spirit of confidence and trust. That you'd make yourself known, Lord, on those sick beds, on those, in those bamboo huts, uh, in those very dark places in different parts of the world where, where light, electric light, doesn't shine much. Uh, we ask that your spirit would shine. May your spirit shine here at Mission Hospital, St. Joe's, and all the other hospitals around our country as well. God, in this time of, of, gosh, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty, even with the political realm, um, we ask for a, a confidence, a certainty, not in politics, not in our uh, polemics, Lord, but in your spirit that moves, your spirit that moves above all these things. God, you are good. You are good and you are faithful and true. We also ask, Lord, uh, on behalf of Erica and Lori and others, who have struggled with cancer. God, we ask for a complete recovery and healing. Uh, cancer is a frightening thing as well. 
And, um, and we confess that. We confess our fear of these unknown diseases, God. But they are not unknown to you. We take confidence in the fact that you are the great physician. You are the great physician. May that truth God, drive off fear. Knowing that your hand, from your hand, come all good things. And even through cancer, even through COVID, even through the disastrous uh, things in the political realm, perhaps, that may happen, Lord, we trust you. You are sovereign. And you are our king. And as, in brothers, as brothers and sisters here today, uh, with confidence, we declare amen, amen, come Lord Jesus. Everybody said amen. Now, our beloved Bill is preaching today. Let's give it up for Bill. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Um, Ethan, like we talked before, could you put that filter on that makes me look 10 years younger? And <laughs> I need that this morning. <laughs> uh, thank you, John, for opening us in your prayer. Um, I've got more on my heart than I can share this morning, so I'm going to take what notes I made, and I'm going to go sideways and backwards because I can't by any means cover all that's on my heart. Um, starting backwards, I want to recognize our pastor, Kevin, for his love, his care, his prayer and concern for us in spite of this pandemic. Um, these are his letters, which we've all gotten via email and these are all sermons in and of themselves. They're, they're brief, but to the point and encouraging. And this represents who Kevin is as a man of integrity, character, and a pastor. So um, I recall last, it was a year ago, last week Kevin opened up sharing on the year 2020. And what he said was he felt like the theme was going to be trust. Three months later, the theme changed to faithful and flexible. And uh, I really appreciate his leadership and his governance and how he's uh, navigated us individually and corporately through difficult times in our households, in our neighborhoods, and all around us. So that's where I was going to finish with that. I think that was the place to start. Um, I want to share a couple points and it's going to be, in general, I'm going to read some of this just because I can get to it quickly and uh, get through some things I want to share with you. Um, I want to talk about being lost and being found. Um, rescue, as defined in the dictionary, says to free or deliver from confinement, violence, danger, or evil. Rescue. Now, in our culture, what's the first thing you think of when somebody says rescue? What? Okay. <laughs> That's not on my notes here. <laughs> I, I wrote, 
I wrote in our culture, well, maybe it's me, the first thing I think about, because I hear it quite often, is rescuing animals. Okay? Okay, I mean, I, I know, I'm sorry, Mark, I'm not... <laughs> At any rate, how many, how many here have rescued an animal? A lot of hands. Okay, what did you rescue them from? Okay, okay, so everybody, everybody's pet that I know of is a rescued pet. I haven't met an unrescued pet in decades. <laughs> At any rate, have you ever been lost? I mean, lost, lost. You have been. You've been lost. Okay, we're familiar with being lost. Is that a friendly feeling? No, it's uncomfortable, it's difficult. So if you're sitting here today and you've been lost, then you've been found. True? Is that logical? Okay, I want to tell you a short, short story before I read some scripture. Years ago, I went hunting with a, a good friend of mine and his son, and I'm not a hunter. I don't know how to do that, but we went for the camaraderie and for our sons, and we went up to the mountains. Uh, got there Friday night, camp, put our tent up, got up the next morning, made some breakfast, and then... He said, we're going this way. So myself and my son said, well, we're going that way. So we both left. We said, we'll meet you back here for dinner. Sure. So my, one of my sons and I, we go traipsing off. Had a great day. We're climbing boulders and we're finding caves and we're neat trees and places. We're imagining we could build a tent and we could live out here if we had to. And... We're, we're walking and walking and walking. Then it's late afternoon, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, we we got to get back to the tent. And I said to my son, which way did we come from? That was a bad thing to say as a father to a son. <laughs> and he immediately got mad. He immediately got mad and stormed away about 20 yards because he had lost complete confidence in my leadership over him going hunting. So I take, I take my rifle, boom. I'm thinking my friend's gonna hear this and he's gonna signal and I'm gonna follow. About 10 minutes later, boom, nothing. And the sun's starting to descend. And I'm feeling really nervous. I said, son, come here. We need to pray. And he didn't want to have anything, any part of it. I said, let's pray. So I prayed, you know, my prayer of desperation, oh Lord, we're not fit to be out here overnight, and I want to get back to where we should be and guide us, please. And we got done praying. I said, okay, we're going that way. Up the hill down a ravine, up a hill, through a forest, down a ravine, up a hill, we walk straight into our campsite. The relief, the relief. <laughs> Being lost is not a good place to be. So I want to read some scripture out of Matthew. What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, 
Does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go search for that one that is straying? If it turns out he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 which have not gone astray. Let me read you the version out of Luke. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over the one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Okay, consider being a shepherd. What kind of responsibility does a shepherd carry? In most cases, the sheep are not his. This is a blue-collar job to care for sheep. It's not high paying, yet demands a lot of responsibility. The hours aren't good. Oftentimes, you will spend nights in the field for the sake of the sheep. You need, no, you need to know what to allow them to eat and where to get it, along with providing them water and shelter. It's important to keep the flock together because not all sheep get along. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> if the flock were to split, you would have a tremendous problem. This vocation is high risk and stressful, often requiring sleep deprivation and exposure. Okay, who are the 99 we just read about? Well, as of today, that's you and me, because we acknowledge the Lord as our shepherd. However, we have a decision as sheep every single day to decide if we're going to listen to the voice of our shepherd. Or do we think we're familiar enough with the terrain to know where to eat, where to drink, and where to rest? How about protection? How about defending ourselves when attacked? What do we do then? What about wandering into the thick brush that entraps us and we find ourselves unable to break free? Now, sheep, as you know, they're not predators. They don't go after anything. They have no way of defending themselves. They're sheep. And some people will refer to sheep as dumb. I wouldn't say that's an accurate representation. I would say independent is a better representation of sheep because they're prone to wander. Let's consider the shepherd once again. He or she has trained the sheep and gained trust, confidence, and security with the flock. The sheep know the shepherd's voice, and the shepherd knows each sheep by name. The shepherd carries a rod to defend and protect the sheep and a staff to guide and direct the sheep. Okay, back to the flock. From time to time, a sheep will spot what looks like abundant grass down in the valley. With his head down, he wanders slowly towards the valley. After a while, he will glance over his shoulder only to find himself totally separated from the flock. The sheep has two options. One, fear enters, and he realizes his vulnerability and heads up out of the valley back to the shepherd. This is rare. Number two. He feels nourished, 
even though he's been eating crabgrass, and tells himself it will only get better. In self-deception, the sheep says to himself, if the other sheep could only see what I see, they would be down here eating alongside me. Let's get back to the shepherd. Out of his promise and responsibility to the owner of the flock, he or she adopts ownership of the flock. Now, help me figure this out, okay? How is the shepherd able to notice one missing out of 100? I mean, think about it. You have 100 in front of you in a pasture. What makes you aware that one's just wandered off with that many to care for? Well, I thought of there's three things that would heighten his senses. Number one would be fear of the owner because he doesn't own the sheep. Number two is love of the flock because he's gotten to know them and care for them. Number three is personal ownership of this is my duty. Okay, question of the day. Brody. <laughs> is, is the word sheep singular or plural? Yes. <laughs> now, isn't, isn't that amazing? Can you tell me any other species that is identified by one word, whether it's singular or corporate or plural, whether it's one or many? Deer? Deer? Come on, you're supposed to not be able to think of anything. <laughs> You're not helping me here. <laughs> Okay, let's leave that aside. We're moving on. Okay, okay, let's discuss hireling. Let's discuss hireling. What is a hireling? A hireling is a person who works only for pay, especially in a menial and boring job with little or no concern for the value of the work. John 10 says, he was a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. Okay, the hireling, he won't take ownership of the sheep and he's more concerned for his safety than the flock. Okay, we're getting down to the bare bones part of today. Um, I want to reference some scriptures, and you'll get it as we go forward, I hope. Um, your calling is not my calling. My calling is not your calling. However, each of our callings are both singular and corporate, public and private, and constant and ever-changing. Duh. Does that... Private and public, singular and corporate, constant, ever-changing. Scripture, Isaiah 61 reads, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because... And there's a lot that follows that. What is your because? 
What is the Spirit of the Lord on you for? Any idea? I'm not looking for an answer. This is an internal examination of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. What is your because? What makes you operate? What is the God? What has our God called you into personally, but is uh, portrayed publicly? Is one road, but a lot of detours along the way. Um, one focus, but ever faithful and flexible to do something different. How about Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, even though, even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. What is your even though? What are you walking through right now? I can look at the Norton family and tell you because it's private, but it's public because they've made it public. What is your even though? Even though I don't have a job, even though we're short on finances, even though my spouse and I aren't quite getting along, even though I don't think I was made to be a mother to teach my kids at home, this is difficult, next to impossible, even though, even though, even though. Okay, Philippians 3.12, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that. What is your that? What did Christ lay a hold of you for? There is an exact purpose and a direction and an influence and grace and mercy and action and power that he has, that's why he's got you. What is your that? We should know, each one of us should know what our that is. What is it that God has done in you, around you, for you, that you were meant like the shepherd to lead, care, share, defend, protect another. Every one of this, in one sphere or another, has the responsibility to share, to care, to protect, to provide, and that goes on and on. Adjectives becoming verbs, and action taking place because of what God has done in you personally and spoken to you privately and it's shown publicly. It's so obvious. And the people around you are the ones that will help you identify what that is if you're kind of thinking, I'm not really sure what God's will is for me, what he wants me to do, how I express his love. And Well, if you're in a family, you have a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities to work out forgiveness, mercy, care, concern, respect, honor, a lot of opportunities. I've got another one for us. Uh, out of Ruth, the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself that's an interesting phrase. She found herself 
working in a field belonging to Boaz. Have you ever found yourself in a condition, attitude, circumstance, or situation where it took faith to believe, hope to go on, and love to persist? Have you ever found yourself in one of those places? Like being up against the wall? Like out of grace and mercy? Like I don't know what is going on? My world's falling apart? How, why, why is this happening? Have you ever found yourself in that place? I'm sure we all have to some degree. And that should turn our hearts towards the one who is confident, constant, sure, ever loving, ever faithful. But all these phrases in scripture, as you're reading scriptures going into this next week, and John, you kind of tipped me off on this because I mean, I've thought of this before when you made the comment uh, last Sunday that the Magi went home another way. Now, that's a sermon in and of itself, going another way. You can just take a small phrase and God is um, big on love but small on words. He doesn't, he says come, he says go, he says look, he says search, he says care. It's all throughout scripture, but he doesn't, he doesn't use a novel to get his word across. He uses just a couple words and that's all he needs. And those words are enough to compel us to search our hearts, find out where he's calling us and walking it out. And I was saying earlier, it's the people that are closest to you that help you see what you don't see about yourself. Right, Shay? <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, I think enough has been said. It's just a delight to be together as a church body. Once again, I, I can't say enough for Kevin and Dudley and their care for us. And thank you, John, for praying for them this morning and with what all you're going through as a family. Um, the worship team, join us up here again. So if you'll take these, these thoughts, they're not my thoughts, they're God thoughts. They're, it's all out of scripture. It's what you've seen and what you've read multiple times before. But what's so engaging about the Holy Spirit is, and we know this already, as we read it and expose ourselves to the word and read it again and read it again, he makes all things new. He expands our heart. He expands our mind. He helps us see the unseeable and touch the untouchable. Amen? Amen. I stand begrudgingly. I'm just, I'm just confessing that right now.